Welcome, everyone. You're listening to United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. United by Strength is a nonprofit public health education initiative focused on bringing the components of world-class health to everyone, regardless of their circumstances. If you enjoy our content and would like to donate or otherwise support this cause, please reach out to us at unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone, here is United by Strength's weekly class schedule and events list for the month of July. At the farms, we have classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. outdoor fitness class. On Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m., we have a pool class. On Monday and Friday morning, 8.30 to 9.30, we have a kids' strength and conditioning class. And Thursday evenings at Cliffhanger's Gym, we have a barbell class from 7 to 8 p.m. A couple other um, events we will be either attending or hosting is July 17th, Get a Grimp is a strongman competition that we will be at in Carthage, North Carolina. And on July 27th at the farms, we'll be hosting a fitness and nutrition seminar. And on July 31st, we will be at the Strongman Corps North Carolina State Championship. Hope to see you there. Welcome, everybody. This week, we're talking about nutrition, and we're also going to talk about some exercise characteristics that uh, are a little bit, well, I don't know, to us, they're not outside the norm, but we keep encountering people that it is outside the norm for. So we're circling back on this piece. Um, So via the title of today's episode, we're going to talk about um, the seemingly still strangely again it, it seems like it's been debunked so long ago in our minds but i think that's because we've been immersed in the world of crossfit for so long and they've kind of been tuned into this since i don't know since 1990 something 2000 early 2000s so uh this idea that starving yourself does not really help much in the way of uh going towards weight loss especially when we're talking about in the world of people who are fit and exercise regularly, or at least working their way towards fitness, right? Um, Not even starving yourself, just under eating or lowering your calories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using that extreme term. It's just that it's so, it seems so ingrained in, in society, especially for women, right? And that a lot of our clients are women in that it's, it's like nails on a chalkboard, um, trying to get them to eat more, right? Every time, um, you know, we're trying to beef up the amount of protein they're eating or, you know, add value to what they're eating. It's, it's like swimming upstream. It's, it's very tough. And they even know, like they can rationally, you know, um, understand the principle of like why we're having them do that. I just feel like it's been so beaten into people uh, women and girls, especially, um, to eat less in order to get the way you want to look that it's, it's, it's a huge uphill battle. Um, 
So yeah, we're, we're talking about one of the very first things that we see applied. Now, I, I made sure to caveat that because yes, and I always joke about that when people come to us and say they want to just lose weight, you know, that's the gut reaction. Most people are, are coming to you and saying, I want to lose weight. And um, I always joke and say, well, we can do that very easily by locking you in the basement um, for a couple of weeks with just water. And we can take all the weight you want off. Just name the number of pounds and we won't let you out of the basement until you weigh that much. Right. So that's an easy way to do it. That's but not fun. That's not what they're really looking for. Right. So that's why we usually develop that conversation in terms of like, what would you actually like to do with your body? Because in fact, um, it's, it's again, one of these very counterintuitive things, but I would imagine what many people, when they say, I want to lose weight, but the image they have in their mind of looking in the mirror and what they want to look like, or when they're, you know, scrolling through Instagram and they're looking at the people they want to look at, um, what they have in mind is probably not the weight they think, especially right. now with female athletes and a lot of these things out there and um, us being again in that um you know, functional fitness world, uh, a lot of the female athletes that people are trying to look like or are emulating probably weigh more than you think. Well, uh, and a lot of times when you ask some of our nutrition clients, you know, they have a number in mind, like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds or I want to be this weight. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll ask them, well, we, we try to get around other goals, right? Is it, do you want to lose a clothing size or are you just wanting, some people just want to look better in pictures that they're in. And we try to get to other things and we're like, so even if your weight never changes or even if it went up, but if you liked the way you looked in your picture sure. or you could get into that outfit from last year, would you be okay with that? Right. And they usually stop and like think about it and they're like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess the scale doesn't matter that much. Exactly. I just want to feel better or I want to look better. Right. But it's, it's hard. I still struggle with that scale number occasionally, usually when it comes around competitions. I sit right around my, you know, strongman lightweight, 132. Um, and so unconsciously, I think, I catch myself not eating as much a week or two leading up to comp because I'm worried about going over that weight. And then I do, like, I sit just at that weight and I struggle to not go over it or I'm like under and over half a pound all week or two. And then once my away in and my comp is over, I'm like, yes, now I can like eat as much as I want, you know, protein. <laughs> like I can just eat more chicken and I can eat more steak and I can ha have bigger meals and I can have more snacks. And these last couple of weeks since my last competition, I feel like I've doubled what I've been eating and I've lost like two and a half, three pounds. And the first day I was like, oh, it's just a glitch. And then like I'm going on two weeks now and I haven't gained the three pounds back, but I've been increasing my lifts and I'm eating like twice as much as I did right. before my comp. So it's very interesting that, yeah, even the trainers, trainers and coaches still suffer from the same things that we try to teach our, our yeah. athletes a lot. You know, most of the time, like, like we were just talking about when we're working with a new, uh, athlete, especially female athlete, who's coming, you know, again, to classes multiple days a week, you know, has been exercising pretty regularly for a long time, but just isn't where they want to be at. Um, a lot of times we're asking them to increase the amount of food that they're eating. But again, and, and then counterintuitively, they start losing weight. So again, in your instance, you're, you've been an athlete for a long time. And even before that in the army, so exercising regularly all the time. Uh, and I'm bringing that up because 
there's differences, right? We, we want, we want to make everything so simple in, in this world, especially in with nutrition. It's just not the case. Um, so not everyone's in the same boat. If you had someone who was very sedentary for an extremely long period of time, as in some of the, unfortunately, some of the children that we see on a regular basis or, or older people, um, who have been in this circumstance where they have not used their bodies much at all for potentially decades, right? Where getting up and going to the mailbox might be a max effort, you know, where climbing a set of stairs might leave them breathing very heavy for a long period of time. For a person like that, increasing the amount that they eat might not be the right answer. And in fact, then, especially depending on what they've been eating for a long time, maybe dialing it back or more likely changing the composition of their food that they're taking in might not really reduce their calories a whole lot, but it will reduce, it will change the composition of their calories, moving away from ultra refined carbohydrates and sugary beverages to more animal proteins and whole vegetables and things like that. Yeah, that's something I think we've seen is uh, maybe they were eating a lot before, but what they're eating is, like you just said, empty calories and they're left hungry over and over again soon after. And when we change them to meats and vegetables and fruits are our food list, then they're like, well, I don't even eat as often, but I'm full for way longer and I can't even eat the amount you want me to eat. I thought this wasn't going to be a lot, but I'm like constantly full all the time. Right. So explaining that the foods that they're eating now has everything their body needs, those vitamins and minerals and like, that's right. They can actually use it. No, no. And that's, yeah. And that is a, you know, again, this, this landscape is pretty complex and that is a totally different person than what we're talking about. What we're talking about is for, you know, uh, to put it as a broad category, the, you know, modern fitnessing female, which tends to be a, a woman between, you know, the ages of 20 something to 40 something who is attending multiple fitness classes or training sessions a week, right? Has, kids around. has quite a bit of stress <laughs> in their life, <laughs> right? Activity, yeah. And doesn't probably get a whole lot of sleep. Um, and again, has had it beaten into their head for years and years and years that the way to get where they want to go is to cut calories, right? Track everything, um, be a slave to your Fitbit (laughs) kind of deal, which is, well, that's a whole nother point that we'll talk about. And I think we, I think we really need to do an entire episode on why your Apple watch and your Fitbit is, uh, doing largely doing damage to more harm than good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a very specific population that it can be beneficial for, but, um, it, it largely it's doing more harm than good for most people. Um, but anyway, for the clients that we've been working with, um, we've definitely seen that increasing protein intake and increasing quality fat intake and coupled with different types of methods for stress reduction, even if that's just having someone to talk to, having a place to go like a fitness class or something to de-stress and just chill out uh, and vent frustrations um, can lead towards better sleep. Uh, Because again, you know, we, as we're fitness instructors, right? We would love to tell the world that just coming to exercise classes and flailing your body around for 30 minutes (laughs) or an hour uh, is going to get you to where you want to go. Unfortunately, the biggest things that change body composition, which is what you're really looking for, which is what most people are really looking for, come from nutrition and sleep. And so the biggest changes we've seen with our clients is in tinkering, especially with women, to get their protein intake up, 
So what is our first goal most of the time? It's around a hundred. First we shoot for a triple digit, right? Yeah. Unless we have a female client that's under a hundred pounds for some reason, which we never have. Uh, most, most people are over a hundred pounds. So that general goal, we haven't had to modify it yet. The first goal is a hundred grams of animal protein a day. Now you could do it with vegetable protein. Thank goodness. We haven't had to have that argument with anyone, but if you want to do that, you need to double it pretty much. You need to go for at least 150 to probably more like 175. That's not quite doubling it, but you need to get way up there close to 200 grams of protein for that. So good luck eating that much pea protein, (laughs) but, um, upping the amount of protein and then increasing good fat intake. So unfortunately what comes part and parcel with cutting calories a lot of times is the low fat junk, right? So, and again, these bottles of salad dressing and, you know, um, tubs of something that looks like butter, but isn't, uh, are slapped full of labels that say natural and wholesome and earthy and plants and yay. Yeah. It's all garbage, unfortunately plant. Um, and, uh, Nut and seed oils tend to be super high in ultra-inflammatory omega-6s. And it just, we're, we're bombarding our bodies with this piece. I don't want to go into a whole, you know, fat yeah. spiel, right? But <laughs> it's a balance. And unfortunately, the American diet is nowhere near a balance. You, you want more of like a two-to-one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. And the average American, I believe, still is somewhere at about 20 to 1. So we're getting about 20 times as much uh, plant and seed oil in our diet than omega threes and omega threes come from things like grass fed butter, fish, fish, meat, right? These sorts of things. Um, so, despite what the propaganda might say, people actually aren't eating nearly <laughs> enough meat, and and these sorts of things. Yeah, we start with a hundred grams for the first week just to give them a goal to shoot for and just an easy number to try to track right off the bat. And then we're trying to work up towards like a goal body weight, mm-hmm. you know, one gram per pound of body weight if they're pretty active and they're in the gym and stuff like that. But I mean, even just getting them to that hundred grams, sometimes it goes from one week and it takes about a month for them yeah. because it's just so much more than what a lot of them are used to eating. Well, and you know what the the interesting and beautiful thing of it is, is that the biggest complaint that we get, you know, I put, um, I'm putting scare <laughs> quotes around complaints is I'm full all I'm, the time. Yeah. I'm right? tired of eating. The number one Nobody's reason that people program. hate <laughs> diets and they hate this kind of stuff is because they are so afraid of being hungry and appropriately. So, I mean, yeah. Hunger is an evolutionary killer, right? It's something it is in our DNA to be terrified of because it was like the number one thing to be afraid of for eons, right? So starving to death is a serious thing, even though no one starves to death today. Um, it's still something we're very intuitively afraid of. And it's so just, it's funny to, you know, work with people nutritionally and get these, like, all I think about is food all day. Cause I have to <laughs> constantly, have I feel like food. I'm stuffing my face all day long. And guess what? They're losing weight. Yeah. You know? Um, yep. so what a dream, right? But here's the thing is it's not cookies and bars and these weird, Oh, fun little branded snack things that you need to buy from us. Guess what? we're telling you to go to the grocery store and buy things like eggs Steak, and meat chicken, and chicken fish, and vegetables, pork. right? Yeah. And um, so the, the thing with these foods and the reason why this, you know, is a is a perfect phenomenological, I got that word out with a stumbling over, <laughs> example of the fact that the whole calorie is a calorie term 
um, saying is complete garbage because the way those things work in your body is not the same. So the way, you know, a 10 eggs, what it, that was a great analogy we were listening to the other oh, day yeah. on the drive, right? Two slices of pizza Eagles. of a big, like New York yeah. style kind of pizza, but two nice big slices of pizza is about the same calories as 10 eggs, right? But when we think about it, right, you eat two slices of pizza for dinner and then you come back and you eat cold pizza later because your blood sugar got shot through the roof, your insulin got released, which stored all those carbohydrates and refined sugars that you just ate in that dough. And then you come back and you crave more and it actually tastes better, right? Because the, those refined carbohydrates have a drug like effect on your mind that keeps you coming back towards that stuff. And, you know, this isn't, I'm not saying it as like some weird conspiracy theory. Do, Domino's did not like <laughs> create a pizza that is a drug. It's just the nature of wheat and grain and carbohydrates. It's one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of these issues we're facing today is because it's insidious. It's a drug that, you know, we need to figure out a way around. It's very, very powerful. Uh, versus 10 eggs, right? Think about that. Who's yeah. ever eaten a plate of scrambled eggs in the morning? Like you and I, most mornings are sitting there staring at each other from across the table. <laughs> Trying like, to eat like three to five eggs. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting up until we finish these eggs. Both I definitely are, don't want to come back and eat more eggs. <laughs> yeah, both of us are looking at each other like, Ugh, I'm still eating this. Okay, we're good. And we're going to get through it today. We're like holding hands, finishing our eggs. Uh, but when you finish those or you put some leftovers away, Who's ever come back to a plate of cold eggs and be like, oh man, I need, I need to finish that. Yeah. Right. Nobody in no. the history of ever, right. Protein and good fats like this, they fill you up, they satisfy you and then they keep you full throughout the day. And they actually help in terms of getting into these things called like ketosis and all that. We're not going into that on this podcast, but the ketones, these lovely things that have been in your body since forever help you. Uh, reduce cravings and things like that. So even though on paper, you might look at things like steak and um, eggs as being high calorie, right? When in fact, what happens is they make you so satisfied and full in that you actually consume fewer calories over the course of the day. And that's the only aspect of that calories in calories out junk that actually is, is it's not a lie but it's a very partial truth. And that's the only aspect of it that is kind of true um, is that you are consuming calories when you're eating these things that are high in protein and high in good fats. But what you don't see is in the grander scheme of things, when we zoom out on a larger scale, you're actually consuming fewer calories because if I eat steak and eggs for dinner and another person, the guy next to me eats Chinese food and slices of pizza, <laughs> He's probably going to eat more because it's super tasty and not very filling. So he's going to slam way more calories at that dinner than I am. And then three out, two or three hours later, after he's woken up from a food coma, <laughs> laying on the couch, <laughs> I've gotten work done. I've gotten on my laptop and gotten some productivity in. Uh, he's passed out with a food baby and then gotten up two or three hours later and eating the cold leftovers out of the fridge. So overall consuming way more calories in the day because again, that sugar, and blood sugar Spikes insulin response has been just riding that roller coaster and keeps you coming back to the fridge. Whereas that person, you know, eating high protein, sort of, that's then that's why our clients are like, oh, too much food. I'm so full, I'm so all full. The time. <laughs> right? And the eventual goal, you know, again, this is it's it's variable, and this is not you know a hard rule for everyone, but a, a good um, 
benchmark to get to is about one gram of, you know, good quality animal protein per pound of body weight, right? And what we tend to notice is, is this is very similar um, to some other challenges and things like that. But what it's doing is it's saying, okay, protein and the good fats that come along with animal protein, right? The fats that are in with that animal protein are also really good. So you're getting a blend of these two macronutrients. Eating a gram per pound of body weight is A, satisfies your need for protein, right? For rebuilding muscle. Again, we're talking about clients who are exercising on a regular basis, right? One of the number one reasons people drop out of exercise programs or get hurt is malnutrition and lack of recovery. Yeah, they're not recovering. They're not. You go into class, you're hitting it hard because, you know, you want to get to the goals that you're trying to get to. And then you're not refueling your body with what it needs to repair itself. And then you're not getting enough sleep uh, to do that either. So that's what we usually end up focusing on with our clients is, is that piece. We need to get enough of that good fuel in the body. And then we need to figure out a way of lowering overall stress so that sleep quality and quantity can go up so that we can actually repair. And then before you know it, you actually find out, you know, some of the fittest people you look at on Instagram or whatever are actually probably not working out as many times a week as you think, right? But they're eating very, very good quality uh, and quantities of food and they're sleeping a lot, right? So actually, if we can get those up, the amount of exercise you need to bust your ass with in a week actually goes down. That was a big thing when in the CrossFit nutrition uh, lectures when they would go around and do those seminars. That was a big thing they would show off is the presenters looked fantastic. <laughs> you know, they were like everyone attending these seminars is like, yes, I'm going to this nutrition <laughs> seminar because I want to look like that person. And then they present that those people actually only work out three to four times per week, not five to six. You know, there's a whole, no, two it is. yeah, there's a whole class of, you know, fitness people out there who go, yeah, two workouts a day, you know, eight days a week kind of situation, thinking that, again, that's the path to enlightenment. But in fact, you know, it's a balance of those three things. Um, and, and tying into that. Yeah, talking about fitness. <laughs> yeah, talking about fitness. Um, we had a lovely, lovely example of one of the only times that I can name of where one of these wearable pieces of technology actually tracking watches actually did us a favor yeah usually usually my biggest annoyance is i think we just have attention deficit um participants in class or that i'm being boring usually stop and look at their wrist yeah everyone's looking at their damn wrist (laughs) and i'm thinking they're checking the time it's the time to go like it might be boring you're like when (laughs) is this class over well in fact they're just being bombarded with ridiculous notifications all the time yes their life being governed by that um But uh, in this instance, it actually did present something beneficial in that we had a client uh, in part of a group class. And what we did in this class is we split the group in half, right? And so we had one half of the group go in with me uh, to where there's some barbells and plates in this little gym studio area we have access to. And we worked on deadlifts, right? It wasn't, and it was like the first time we'd gotten to do deadlifts with bars and plates with this group. Yeah. So I was talking a lot, as you know, I like to talk, (laughs) right? So there, you know, I would say each one of them probably got in six to eight sets. We did Romanian deadlifts because these were 
garbage, um, you know, like fitness plates. Smaller they're not full. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're not bumper plates. They're not, you know, Olympic uh, bars. So they had, I did Romanian deadlifts, so they didn't have to get into a weird contrived position to get that bar all the way to the floor. <laughs> but regardless, about six to eight sets. Yeah. So not a ton, not a ton of fives. And we were doing fives. Yeah. So six to eight sets of five reps, right? Meanwhile, outside, I you and them. the other group put them through <laughs> the, the PT. Yeah, essentially a Spartan race yeah. uh, of sandbags and crazy, you know, high heart rate scuttling around on on all fours, you know, all kinds of like animal Picking movements, up, throwing dragons, throwing, sandbags, jumping team stuff. Yep. Yeah, hard stuff. Well, yeah. guess what? Bull. We had and a, then we had them switch. So and it was twenty we, minutes yep. with you, twenty minutes with me, and then we switched. The ones with me, one with you, you. Yours went with me. That's right. So everybody in the class did both sections, yep. right? And what we actually were able to observe, what well, we had uh, a client point this out to us, was that she actually burned the same number of calories during the deadlift session as she did during the PT session. Yep. And we're pointing this out. We're highlighting this and smiling big when doing <laughs> it is because we get bombarded all the time from people about the kind of this persistent fiction of, you know, flailing. I, I say flailing your body parts because like that's what fitness classes like seem hit, like to me. Hit workouts, yes. Tabata workouts. They right. just want to keep moving yeah. straight for like lots 30 minutes, 10, 20 different movements. Just right. keep moving. Keep Women's Health Magazine stuff. and my doctor told me that <laughs> I just this want to breathe heavy and I want to be sweating and not able to talk. Yes. Which has its place. I'm sure mixed it's, in with other workouts. It's more entertainment than fitness, yes. in my opinion. But sure, and there's nothing wrong with a little entertainment. But um, you know, our charter, what we have set out to do, and our principles that we're trying not to violate is to make people better and make people healthy. And just like you know, what a parent has to do with well, I'm not going to compare them to children, but you know. You sometimes for people you're caring for, people you're trying to do something good for, sometimes you have to do something that they don't want necessarily, but what they need, right? And we're trying to change this narrative a little bit that uh, just in, actually this is a great carryover analogy in that a calorie is not a calorie. So, you know, 500 calories of diet soda or, or regular soda, Coca-Cola, right? Uh, is not the same as 500 calories of wild Alaskan salmon, right? In in you know nutritional sciences eyes, those two are exactly the same. There's no difference between uh, a large Coke and you know uh, wild Alaskan salmon fillet as long as they're both 500 calories. To them, it's the exact same thing. We know from reality that that is not the case. You know, someone who eats the salmon is not going to end up looking the same way as the person drinking the Coke, right? Same is true in exercise, right? When you just consider all exercise the same, right, you do not get the same kind of results, right? Um, you see this, you know, if, if you just run, we see this all the time. This is a good, easy to pick on right. runners, runners, right? People who do nothing but run all the time. Look different than bikers, look different yeah. than swimmers. Yeah. And in fact, uh, um, Glassman did a really good job of pointing this out in even just looking at track and field, even just looking amongst runners, right? So go to a track meet, including go to your kid's track meet, right? Parents listening to this, go to your kid's track meet at a high level and look at the mile runners, the people who run 1500 meters or further, and then look at the kids who do sprints, hundred meter hurdles, right? Or the throwers 
the, uh, the discus hammer and those kind of athletes, you'll notice the short, intense, hard emphasis on the word hard, um, athletes are much more muscular. They look better straight up than the, you know, skeletors who are, who are running the, you know, mile and usually complaining about their knees hurting, um, or sprains and strains, um, from overuse injuries and these sorts of things. Um, short distance swimmers, another good example. Um, but yeah, this is one of those pieces where unfortunately, you know, I'd love it if drinking beer and riding bikes was the key to ultimate fitness, just the same as, you know, I'm sure many people would hope that Zumba, you know, would be the path to, to ultimate fitness, but it just isn't the case, right? I think those things can be helpful in terms of other things outside of fitness, you know, in terms of just kind of getting out, being around other people, having a little fun, you know, if your friends are doing it and you're telling jokes and laughing and having a good time, I don't, you know, I'm not going to shut down Zoom. I'm not out to burn all Zumba classes. What I am trying to say is I don't want people to confuse entertainment with, you know, actually achieving what they're looking for. Cause a lot of times the, the re and the reason this is a point, I'm not just hammering people is because people come to us and say, I want to change. I want to make a change. Like I want to get healthier. I want to lose weight and I want to be strong. I want to be capable of doing things right. Which is the key of what they're really asking. And to pretend that those other things are going to get you there is misleading. Right. So there's a lot of fiction. There's a lot of, um, kind of half truths again out there in the fitness world. Right. And unfortunately doing some of these things that are hard, like deadlifting and squatting and lunging and push-ups and things like that. And, but we try to make it fun. Right. And that's where we're doing it for time. We're doing rounds, uh, you know, as many reps as possible or as many rounds as possible. Uh, we're doing things like chippers. We're doing Tabatas like you did today, but we're doing them with functional movements, movements that help your body move and get stronger in the ways it's meant to move and get stronger that helps you out with your daily life that helps you load things into the back of your car helps you you know get to helps you get up and down stairs easier these sorts of things um yeah did i miss anything no or just going along right <laughs> no no that's good yeah i think we were just excited when uh one of the clients came up and said look the deadlift i thought you know there was a lot of talking we a lot of learning but I mean, when you get to those heavier weights, it was still hard, but we just didn't move as much in that 20 minutes. So I didn't think I would have burned as much calories. I didn't think we did as much work as the 20 minutes of, you know, running around with sandbags and doing crazy things and rolling in the grass and whatnot. Cause then I was out of breath and I was moving the whole time, but she was like, that's interesting that they both burn the same calorie and we're trying to find any way possible to like get through to people. So yeah. these watches usually annoy us, but in this case, it really worked for our benefits. And we're like, yes, like you feel like that deadlift, you know, is changes, making changes is doing something like, you know, lifting a heavy weight. It's a different feel than, you know, running and jumping jacks and stuff like that. And they're both good and they both have their places, but it's that little bit, like we got a little bit of an in with her. Like she kind of gets a little bit more now of why, you know, moving heavier weights and different movements are important. So, yeah. Yeah. 
So that would be kind of our challenge. We're going to keep it to this subject this time, just so you can keep the episode in uh, the time frame that we want to do it. And what we'll do is um, we got some other points on here, but I think they'd be good as standalone episodes um, next week. And so what we're saying here and the proof is in the pudding is there's no harm in trying it right. In right. terms of, Hey, shoot for a hundred grams of high quality animal protein in a day and just see what happens. Right. If you're listening to this, if you're attending the classes and things, and we're trying to change your minds out there, chances are you're doing it because you're trying to make a change, right? You're looking for something to be different. You're trying to make a move towards a goal. Right. And a lot of things have probably not worked so far to the day. So what's the harm in, you know, trying something different? We always tell our clients like this is, you know, let's do this for 30 days. Let's do this for 30 days because it's one month of your life and very few things can go crazy wrong, you know, in that amount of time. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to get to this end of 30 days and wake up and be 700 pounds. And I'm like, oh my God, what did Grant and Chanel do? They've ruined my life. Right. <laughs> Very unlikely. Uh, you're also not going to attend our classes for 30 days and then wake up and, you know, be, uh, I don't know, a different gender or a silverback gorilla or like so muscular <laughs> that you can't put your shirt on. I don't know. I don't know. People get some really wacky ideas in their head that scare them away from trying uh, different things. But, um, you know, you don't have to believe us that eating more um, causes you to lose. But the, here's the wonderful thing about reality and science is, you know, belief has nothing to do with it. <laughs> we have Chanel and a number of other clients who we've been stuffing protein into <laughs> who are losing weight and actually getting stronger, feeling better and recovering faster. Um, so and, and you know, immediately you should also, when you're listening to this, be thinking, huh, it's weird. Like they're not telling us to buy like the United by strength pill or the United by strength powder or something like that. You know, think no. of the fact that all I'm telling you to do is go to the grocery store. So if you want to give me money, to yeah, you yeah, please. Of protein, I'll take it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we ever ask you to pay for is if you need our coaching assistance. Right. And that's all we do is bother you <laughs> and have you send us pictures of your food. Right. We're coaching you uh, to do the things what we're already telling you to do. Right. There's no pill, pills, powders, products, or special foods that you buy from us at all. You go to your grocery store and we just encourage you to cook. The, the, the reason it's so hard is because it's hard. We're not, the, the, the trick is that we're not telling you to do anything easy. The things we're telling you to do are, are tough. And that's simple, simple, but, simple tough, but tough, right? <laughs> just like the exercises, all our workouts, very simple but hard. And that's enough to scare just about everyone away. Yeah. Hard, hard work makes people run to the hills, uh, unfortunately. So uh, that's, that's what we want to leave you with here. Uh, ladies, if you're working out three to five times per week, um, you really need to analyze your diet. Look at it. You probably are. It, it, just take a day, take a day, download one of those apps on that, you know, Apple watch that I've been uh, poo poo talking this entire episode <laughs> and track your macros for a day, log everything that you eat and just see where your protein comes out at. We're only looking at that one piece. We could look at the other ones, but we want to keep it simple. It's the most important one we can look Half at. Half the time as you try to I increase your protein, you. you're too full to eat other Ex stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You'll notice your junk food and alcohol and other thing consumptions go way down when you have to stuff that much protein in your face all day long. 
um, and you'll be a lot happier, satisfied, and you'll look a lot better as a result of it. So give it a try. Let us know how it goes, right? Um, go on that adventure. Like I said, just, just right now, even before you try it, track your protein intake for one day, and I bet you you'll be surprised at how low it is, right? Um, and then give this a try. What What's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. Get in, get in great shape and you feel good about yourself. You might lose a couple pounds or gain a couple pounds, but <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. You might feel better. Clothes right? might feel and better. And if you do, if you gain, <laughs> if, if you eat more meat and uh, gain a ton of weight and your, uh, I don't know, your eyes fall out in or something. In 30 days. Please let us know. Yeah. Come, come, <laughs> come, come get us. We'll be, we'll be here. <laughs> we will accept the lawsuit. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you soon. If you are in the Morrisville, North Carolina area and would like to train with us, please reach out at unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. If you cannot see us in person, you can get all our workouts and coaching advice at gumroad.com backslash unitedbystrength.